Thank you. Man, well, again, uh, my name is Jeremy. Uh, glad to to serve as one of the pastors here. Thankful for Pastor Nick in the many ways uh, that he serves our church. Uh, glad that we could be together and sing, and glad that you could join in on that. Uh, a lot of times on Christmas Eve, we would take a deeper look at Luke chapter 2. That's the passage that Jen and Nick were reading to us at the beginning of the worship service, the clearest account, the, the, the most detailed account of the birth of Jesus and the circumstances around it. It's great to know how all of this came about. But what we're going to do tonight is look in a bit of a different direction and look more at the why. Why was this necessary? Why, why is it good news of great joy for all people that Christ the Savior was born? So we're going to look to a place that maybe I don't think, I've, I mean, I know I've not turned to it before on a Christmas Eve service, but we're going to look at the book of Galatians chapter 4, and we're going to look at just four verses tonight, verses 4 through 7, and what we're going to see there is this, that God sent His Son to be born of a woman at just the right time. And that's not just good news of what actually happened, that is also good news for us. So we're going to look at five reasons that that is good news for us in these just short four verses here tonight. So uh, if you're able to, our custom is that as we read the Word of God, uh, we stand. And so if you're able to, please stand. I'm going to pray and then just read these four verses. Oh, Father, I'm looking out at people uh, that you have made in your image that, that you intend uh, to do a work in, that you in so many cases have already been at work. Many have been born again through faith in Jesus. And so, God, we've heard this good news and we need to hear it again because we're living in a season where our minds, our bodies, our schedules are all over the place and it's really easy to get distracted from looking at Jesus and why His incarnation matters. And so, God, would you direct our attention there even for these next 30 minutes or whatever we take together? God, we need your help with that. And I pray that you would do it. We know it would be good for us and it would glorify you. So we pray that you would in Jesus' name. Amen. Galatians 4, then, verses 4 through 7. Hear the word of the Lord. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. You can be seated. Here's, here's just a principle. If we know something good is coming, we want it now. If we know something good is coming, we want it now. Let me talk to kids first of all. So kids that are here tonight, some of you still are waiting to open your presents. How many of you are still waiting to open your presents? Yeah, so that's still coming. I was talking to kids, Lynn. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but we're still, still waiting to open the presents. And here's the hard thing. In many houses, 
those presents have been sitting under a tree even for a few days. And you've probably looked and noticed that your name is on them and you expect because the people that put them under that tree love you, you expect that's going to be a good gift. And so, because I know that's good and it's for me, I want it now. And it becomes really, really hard to wait. I remember when I was a kid, we would spend Christmas with one set of grandparents one year and the other set of grandparents another year. And in both of those cases, we opened our presents on the night of Christmas Eve. But that meant you had to wait the entire day. And we would often ask our parents, isn't it time yet? And they would always tell us, no, that's after supper. That's a long time to wait. So we'd have to wait and we'd have to eat supper. And then we'd eat supper and we'd ask, isn't it time yet? Well, no, we've got to wait till we're done doing the dishes. Are you kidding me? Right? Isn't it time yet? And for those of you adults, except for Lynn, maybe the presents under the tree aren't that exciting, but there's other things in your life that you're also waiting for and that principle still holds true. When you know something good is coming, it's hard to wait. We want it now. Some of you, maybe at a time in your job, in your career, where you're looking forward to retirement, or maybe it's a long ways away, but you're still looking forward to it, right? And you're just like, isn't it time yet? There's some days that make you really feel that. Isn't it time yet? You're sick and you've been waiting for healing and you're wondering, God, isn't it time yet? You're single and lonely and you want a spouse and you're wondering, God, isn't it time yet? You'd love to have children and you don't yet. Isn't it time yet, God? And so there's all these things that we can do. Even even right now with the change in weather kind of stuff, you're waiting for your family to come and visit. Isn't it time yet? Maybe in a couple days you'll be waiting, isn't it time yet for my family to leave, right? Uh, So both of those things might be true. But when something is good and we know it's coming, we want it. Now, God had a plan from all of eternity to save His people and to set the world right again by sending His Son. You see, if if you look at the story of the Bible, and when I say story, I'm not saying something that's not true, I'm saying the, the truest thing that there is. We, we are introduced right away to an eternal God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, an eternal God who created all things from nothing. But by the time we're in chapter 3 of the very first book of the Bible, there's already brokenness because sin enters into the world. Adam and Eve, sin, are guilty, separated from God because of their sin. And so we know this needs to be fixed. God created us to be in relationship with Him, but we're separated from Him. This needs to be fixed. How is it going to be fixed? And so we wait. And, and you get glimpses, even as soon as Genesis 3.15, that, that there's good news. God does have a plan. This brokenness does not persist forever. God has a plan to redeem people and all things And so we're looking ahead to that, and then as you go through the rest of the Old Testament, there's 39 books in the Old Testament, the picture gets a little clearer. Just a little bit clearer here and a little bit clearer there. We've been in on Sunday mornings in our church in the book of Judges, just looking at three chapters in that relatively obscure book in the Old Testament, and seeing how that book points us ahead to the coming Savior. We know something good is coming, even as we go through all of the Old Testament. And so we wonder, isn't it time yet? Certainly God's people, when they were enslaved in Egypt, 
wondered, isn't it time yet? When God's people were wandering in the wilderness, isn't it time yet? When David's dynasty was dividing, they wondered, isn't it time yet? When they were being assaulted by the Assyrians, isn't it time yet? When they were exhausted, living in exile, isn't it time yet? And so, for generation after generation, the Old Testament covering the span of thousands of years, God's people knowing that God was going to do something, the picture gets a little clearer and a little clearer, yet they're wondering, isn't it time yet? When will God send the prophet? When will God send the Messiah, the Christ, the King? Isn't it time yet? And then... What we celebrate on Christmas is that the time came. And Galatians 4 here tells us, verse 4, and when the fullness of time had come. Or your translation might say, when the set time had fully come. God sent forth His Son to be born of a woman. So, so this really happened roughly a little over 2,000 years ago now. This really happened. God, at the fullness of time had come. So God's eternal plan coming to fruition as He sends His Son into the world to be born of a woman. Now, why was that the perfect time? There's lots of things that have been said over time, but, but ultimately, we don't know all that was in God's mind for why that was the perfect time. We just trust Him. That was the perfect time. No other time, but that time was the perfect time. God sent His Son, and we know this is true. He sent His Son to be born of a woman. We needed this. Because we needed a Savior who was fully human. God couldn't pick a Savior from those who were already born because all of them were sinners. So God sends His Son, remaining fully God and becoming fully human. Born, it says, of a woman and born under the law. Born under the law simply means this. God had laid out His law so that we would know who He is, His character, and how we live in right relationship with Him and others. But every human being, up until Jesus, had failed to obey God's law. Had failed to love God with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Had failed to love their neighbor as their self. Yet Jesus, born of a woman, fully human, born under the law, completely obeyed the law. So this is the good news. This is Jesus, born of a woman, born under the law at just the right time. That's the good news. That's what we celebrate on Christmas. But here's what I want to get to. I want to get to why. The reason I want to get to it is because that's what Scripture gets us to. Five reasons in these verses 5, 6, and 7, five reasons that the the shepherds would guard and the angels would sing this one who was born of a woman. Why is this good news? Why is it good news for us? Number one, look at verse 5. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. Why? One, to redeem those who were under the law. We know that we all have problems. You could even turn to the person next to you. Maybe you know them, maybe you don't. Regardless of whether you know them or not, you can turn to the person next to you and just tell them honestly, hey dude, you got problems. Go ahead and do it. Just tell them. Like, you got, you got problems, right? We, we, have, we have problems, and the greatest problem we all have 
is our sin. We are slaves to sin. We, we think we know what we want and what we need, and we can spend our whole lives chasing after it. We can spend our whole lives living like we're the kings, like we're in charge, yet ultimately this is sin. This is failing to obey God's law. We don't love God and others well. We rebel against God, and the result is we are separated from God because of our sin. We're slaves, and we need to be redeemed. And the good news of Christmas, reason number one is, God sent His Son to be born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. To redeem people like us who have failed to do what God has called us to do. Galatians 3.13, just a chapter earlier, says this, Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Jesus didn't just come to show us how to live. Jesus came to live the life we failed to live and die the death that we deserve to die. We no longer have to be slaves. The price has been paid by Christ. Second, number two, comes in that same verse, in verse five, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Our problem is not only that we're slaves to sin and to the world, but we're also orphaned. And orphans are vulnerable. No one to care for them. No one to protect them. And the good news, part of the good news of the gospel of what Christ has come to do is He's come that we might be adopted. That those who receive His free gift of salvation who are redeemed through trusting in Jesus are also adopted by Him. Our salvation is not just the price being paid. Our salvation is also being adopted. We're now in a family that we didn't belong to before. God the Father as our Father. And then number three, that comes in the next verse, verse 6. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. Now we've got the whole Trinity involved here. If we are adopted as sons, we're told we also have the Spirit in us. It's like the proof that we belong to Him. In the Old Testament, God would occasionally send His Spirit on certain people at certain times to accomplish certain things. But those who trust in Christ, who are redeemed and adopted by Him, receive the Spirit to dwell in us. And this is really, really good. We don't deserve this. We who set ourselves up as enemies of God, yet God comes to dwell in us by His Spirit. Any of you have an embarrassing family member? <laughs> okay, yeah, you don't like. You didn't have to raise your hand. Like that was just like you could just kind of nod silently, or you don't have to point either. Some of you are doing that, right? Uh, but but you do. And so like I remember, like that my mom is a funny lady, and there was things that my mom would do in the house that I found to be kind of funny. And I like to try to be funny like my mom is sometimes. But those same things that I found funny when my mom did them in the house weren't quite so funny when we were out in public. And because I never knew when to expect my mom to do some of those things, there were these tactics that I had that if we were in public, like I would kind of keep my distance a little bit so that it was not known to everybody that I was with her if she would happen to do one of those funny things out in public that would embarrass me a little bit. I would sometimes put my head down. I would try to keep a distance from her, right? Think about this. How many of us 
over the course of our lives, have done foolish, sinful things. Yet God, the the perfect, eternal God, is not embarrassed to be with us. In fact, He sends His Spirit to be in us. This is good news. Number four, God sent His Son to be born at just the right time so that we could have access to the Father. That's the rest of verse 6. God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. When Jesus walked on this earth, He spoke in Aramaic. And the Aramaic word for Father, but not as formal as even we use Father, but more like, more like a, a terminology like a little kid would look to his dad and say, Dad. That's what Abba means. That's the way Jesus would refer to the Father as He walked on the earth. And we're told here that God sent His Son to be born at just the right time so we could have that kind of access to the Father. That kind of nearness. If you've had kids before, you know that as you go out in public, especially when they're little, especially if there's a big crowd of people they maybe don't know so well, the nearness of like having, having a dad that they can reach their hand up to and call out to daddy and know that he's there gives them the security and comfort that they need. And I know that not everybody experiences that. I know that not everybody has a dad that you could go to who would reach out his gentle, caring, strong hand. Some of you had a father who was abusive. Some of you had a father who was absent. Some of you had a good father, but your father's not with you anymore, and you're just grieving. You miss just that, that voice, that hand, that being able to just call out to dad. And here, this is what Paul tells the Galatians. Part of the good news of why, why it's good news for us that God sent his son to be born of a woman is that we now have that kind of access to God the Father. This is good news. And number five. God sent His Son to be born at just the right time to make us heirs of an inheritance. Verse 7 said this, So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. You might be wondering, like, okay, but like, I'm, I'm a lady. Right, so, so do I get excluded from this? Why doesn't it say sons and daughters? The reason it says sons there is because in the Roman world, when an adoption took place, it was only a son who would get the inheritance. So it wouldn't be incredibly good news for Paul to tell them, adopted as a daughter, because a daughter wouldn't get the inheritance. So he's telling him, you've been adopted as a son, because it doesn't matter if you're man, woman, boy, or girl, you trust in Jesus, you're redeemed, you're adopted, and you are promised the inheritance. Because you are an heir. Inheritance being... Ultimately, eternal life forever with Jesus, the Savior. So, five reasons that it's good news that God sent His Son to be born of a woman, born at just the right time. And this is good news that we need to respond to in some way. So how do we respond to the good news? It's the right time to respond to the good news. Maybe you celebrate Christmas because you like the songs. You like the movies, you like the traditions, you like the gatherings, you like the snow. That might even be why you're here tonight. It's just like the tradition, it's just what I do. 
But I said earlier that I think God has us all here for something much bigger than songs and traditions and candles and family. And I just want you to know this. If you're here tonight and, and, and you're just being honest with yourself, you would say, I'm in the boat of one of those people who is living like I'm in charge of my life and it's really not going so well. You're one of those people who has spent your life chasing after the things that all the rest of the world chases after and you're satisfied for a while but not forever. You know, if you're honest, that you're not somebody who loves the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I mean, you you respect Him enough to be in a church on Christmas Eve when you could be doing something else. But loving Him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, loving your neighbor as yourself, you're mostly living life. You've lived your life up till this point mostly for yourself. I hope that you would hear the good news tonight of all that Christ came to accomplish. That He was born of a woman on purpose for these five things that we just mentioned. And my hope would be that you tonight would acknowledge your sin before this holy and righteous God. And acknowledge that what Christ came to do was to live the life that you have failed to live. To to live perfectly obedient to God's law and for you to confess, I haven't. And if the only way for me to be in right relationship with God is perfect obedience to the law, I'm hopeless on my own. So God, thank you for sending your Son to be born, to live a perfect life that I can't, I haven't lived. And thank you that He took the punishment. Then He who never sinned was the one who went to the cross and bore the punishment, bore my sin and bore the punishment of the Father for my sin, the one that I deserved, and He took that on Himself. So you just confess that to God. Thank you, God, that you sent your Son for that purpose. Then you turn to Him in faith and experience salvation, joining those of us who have been redeemed and adopted, those of us in whom the Spirit dwells, those of us who now have access to God, calling out to Him as Father. And those who have the inheritance will be forever with Him after we die. And if you're one of those who came here tonight because you do trust Jesus as Lord and Savior, I hope that you recognize, like it's worth it taking an hour out of this time, whatever other things that you're doing, to take an hour and be together with people to be reminded of not only what has happened, but why that matters for us, why that's good news for us. A reminder of why the birth of Christ at just the right time is good news. That we would then respond with worship and wonder and rejoicing and reflecting. I hope you take some time to do that in the days ahead. And I hope that this time together with the two more songs we're going to sing is helpful toward that end. We need that. We need uh, to do that. I would also invite you uh, to come back tomorrow morning. We're going to sing different songs uh, and and there's going to be a different sermon. Uh, and I think we need that as well. Uh, Sunday morning, we, we gather together on Sunday because that's when Jesus rose from the dead. So we do it uh, week in and week out. And we invite you to come back 10, 15 to the worship service on Sunday morning. We want to be people who, who not only know the good news of what it is that, 
that God has done in sending his son to be born of a woman, but why he did it and why it's good news for us. Let's pray. Father, you know us. You know we can be impatient. We understand really not very much. Yet we think that we know a lot, so we often forget that you do everything at just the right time. So I'm thankful for this opportunity to gather on this cold night in a warm place so we could hear your word read, so we could sing songs that tell the story of who Jesus is and what he came to do. And I pray that even now as we sing a familiar song or two, that you would draw us nearer to you by your Spirit, through your Son, in whose name we pray. Amen.